Well, welcome to The Long Way Around. This is week five of The Greatest Story Ever Retold. So this is the last week before we take a break to do our Lent journey through the book of Job. So we'll do that for eight weeks and then we'll come back uh, into this series again on the other side. Well, welcome, Joy. Thanks for joining us. I'm so excited. Would you give just a brief introduction of kind of who you are for those who don't know? Who am I, really? I don't know. Um, Well, I am Joy Snyder and I've, how long have I been coming here? Since you started wearing shoes because remember in the beginning when I came here you didn't wear shoes. So. Well, it was the summertime; it was hot. Yeah, it was really hot. But anyway, um, I don't know. It was after the lawn chair time, and I was doing the coordinating of the snacks and the communion people, which I really miss you guys. I haven't seen you forever, and and then COVID hit, and your yeah, your volunteer job went away. <laughs> I know, right, right. So that was kind of sad, though. I kind of yeah. like. Well, we hope it. it comes back soon. <laughs> so, Aaron, before we jump in, would you mind giving a brief overview of the message? So today we are doing the greatest story ever told, week five, and we're talking about the long way around, which is a different look at how God led His people out of slavery in Egypt before He took them into the Promised Land. So often, when God says you're going to get blessing in the land of milk and honey, we think, "Oh, yeah, that's tomorrow. This is great." And I think God does bring His great blessing in our relationship with Him. But yet many times as he grows, as he takes us on that long way, just like the Israelites, because there was a much shorter way to get into the promised land, which would have taken if you were just a normal person, you know, seven to 10 days to walk there. But yet God, when he takes them on their journey, takes them a totally different direction. It's a circuitous route because he longs to teach his people something. And that's the thing that God can lead us through desert-like places in order to teach us the things he wants us to know. So how are we doing this? Just say it. So, oh, do you want me to do it? Yeah, you do it. So we're going to do something a little different today because there are some things that I want to talk to you with Michael and Joy. So I am going to move over to the interview chair. So welcome to episode five of The Greatest Story Ever Retold from Talking Element. I am joined today by Michael Reed. Well, you can't if you mock it. I am joined today You're by fine. Michael Reed. So uh, I, I kind of wanted to do this because there are different things, I think, in both of your guys' lives that have been difficult long way around. I mean, you are getting married soon, which is You're been- getting married? <laughs> I've been out of the loop for a long well, time. A lot of people are. Uh, the Silcoms introduced us, had us over for a game night as a little meet and greet. And um, a few months later, we got engaged. I'm so excited Why for you. you. Weddings oh in June. And everyone is like... Boy, this is really fast. Which is also kind of funny because my wife and I got engaged after dating for three months. Three months? Well, says my husband good. proposed to me like a month after we were going out. Oh, well, there and you go. And I was freaking out like, you don't even know me. How could you ask me to marry you? He says he knew he was going to marry me as soon as he saw me. So um, actually... Because, you know, this this message I actually wrote like two years ago because I, I was going, this was last year's sermon series that we, instead we moved mm-hmm. to, to Acts. And I wrote that about a few people, the whole thing about being single and the struggle with that, you know, because you, you all came to mind when I was thinking about this in this long way around because it seems like how long are we supposed to wait in this? You know, you you said that earlier you came to a different point in your life where you were content to be where you were. But did you still feel like it was the desert? Were you still waiting and hoping for this thing that maybe could happen one day? I going back to God's goodness, I think is is something that is hard has been hard for me in this process. Mm-hmm. So um, I'm 35. I've never dated in my life. Um, there were uh, attempts to at a certain couple points uh, that were always met with um, failure, <laughs> uh, which is fine. 
Um, and so, yeah, like for a long time, the desert I, just got whiter, whiter and whiter and whiter, <laughs> and drier and drier and drier. Um, and so, a long, long time in my life, I felt very, um, um, well, sad, but alone in life. Did you feel in those places that God had left you alone? Or abandoned at all, or I mean, what 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 thoughts did you have towards God during those times? Yeah, so I'm somebody I really I really view God's sovereignty highly, and I get that from people in my life who who have ha- hammered that in. Um, so I don't know. If I don't I, know who that would be. I don't know either. <laughs> um, the best I can really look at it, of the feelings I've had towards God, wasn't that he was punishing me. It wasn't that he um, was out to get me or that he was wrong. But it came down in the fact of, do I think God is good? Mm-hmm. And it really lived out. And it was part of my redemption group uh, process. Actually, both times I went through. Uh, redemption group is this journey whether it ever ends up in marriage or not which at the time I I doubted seriously that it would um, is he good in in the midst of it and so what does that mean in practical that probably means I don't turn to him as much now intellectually I can I know he's good it's a different thing to say it rather than actually believe it Um, so in in those times and places you know you say you, you start to pray a little bit less in that because it's it's not that intellectually you don't believe that god's good but kind of in your heart you start to feel that way so that that's like a negative thing you kind of learn in the desert a little bit but also a positive with god's goodness what what is a a full positive that maybe you learned in that desert experience so and to answer your question earlier which i rambled and never actually got to um i i got to a point where i started to learn to be content um with who god made me and and where he has me um, and that happened a few years ago and culminated in several changes in my life. Um, weight loss was one of them. Um, and um, and I, it, I, I went into kind of that weight loss journey. A bunch of people were asking me, you know, are you doing this so you'd, you'd find somebody? Mm-hmm. And, and I genuinely wasn't. And I know I wasn't because that, that question really bothered me, that that, that, was, that was the expected outcome. Maybe it was now. But... Um, yeah, so so for me it was learning to be content and and try and confident with who God made me to be was really good. And and it wasn't because I'm good, but it was because of his goodness and his work in me. And I think a lot of time went into just praying about me feeling whole mm. and not that I'm lacking because I'm not lacking. Mm. You know, I I may not have certain things in life, but I'm not lacking because of who God is. So, Joy, yeah. Um, when when we thought about doing this, and I thought about you, I thought about your journey with Terry, that desert experience of going through something hard like that. Why don't you? Could you just briefly tell us who people don't know who Terry oh, is? Terry's my husband. He passed away. It's going to be eight years already. Mm. Wow. So I know I've been seeing you at least for eight years. Yeah. <laughs> Because that's when he finally found a church that he liked. We, we were married for 34 years, and he, I kept saying, you know, why don't you find a church that you would like? Because I belong to the Catholic Church, mm-hmm. and he went with me occasionally on the holidays and everything, and with the kids and everything, and he supported us that way. And he came here one time, and he really liked it. And so then he gets cancer. Mm-hmm. 
and then we have to go through that whole desert and that actually you know it's funny because life is a desert itself mm -hmm. right and having teenagers is really a challenge and that was a really hard time and those things brought me cl closer to God that's when I really prayed a lot you know because I guess I'm one of those people that pray a lot more when you have problems when when did you find out that Terry had cancer it was um, well, it was 10 years ago because he was he was sick for two years and he was a fighter. He really, you know, he's, we prayed a lot. We, he really felt that he was going to survive this. And, he, and up until the day he died, he did. And you saw him on the day yeah. that, you know, you actually, you know, you really. I, I know I prayed him did, out of this world. You did yeah. pray him out of this world. It <laughs> you, was amazing. You told me. It was really amazing. It was so during all of that, what would you say were your biggest desert periods during that two years that you were. You know, you, it's like, uh, you know, Terry, you know, thought he was going to be healed, that there is, so he's looking for the land of milk and honey, you know, that promised land that's coming, mm -hmm. but he's in the desert. Mm -hmm. So what does the desert look like for him and, and you, you know, during that? Well, I don't know how to, I, that's a hard, mm -hmm. I don't how to grasp that one. I don't know. Uh, desert, just, I guess, the waiting mm -hmm. to see if treatments would would work or you know let's try this or you know even but it, it was kind of odd because you know when you got to a certain point and the cancer returned then I knew that because I was told by the doctors that if this doesn't work it's not going to work yeah. I was just letting him be as comfortable as possible mm -hmm. and knowing knowing that I didn't know how long he had but he just had to kind of go along yeah. with the program because that's what you had to do. Yeah. Well, when, you know, when, like when Michael talked about the sovereignty of God and now that you seem to be someone who kind of lives that way. It's, it's like I've, everything that kind of comes your way, you just kind of roll with whatever kind of comes your I've way. I've gotten better at it. I didn't used to. And sometimes my daughter, my oldest daughter will catch me on it mm -hmm. and she'll say, mom, just relax and let God take care mm -hmm. of it. He's in charge of it. Would you would you say that that Terry was your biggest desert period? Do you have a different desert period that wasn't that one? So I, I guess your... Terry's desert thing that was the biggest. That's mm -hmm. the biggest desert, and it really solidified. You know, it really like smack in the face, like, hey, this is it. You know, mm -hmm. uh, where in the desert? How did you learn patience? Either one of you. How does how did the desert experience teach you patience? I don't know. I was always told not to pray for patience because you're going to give a lot of things to you and you're going to go nuts. I think patience is a gift of the Holy Spirit, and I think it comes with time and and, and the Spirit's working of just the constant being in that situation for so long. Um, I think I think that's how God it's God's work, and and, and there's nothing I did to get there well how about the idea that the desert is where god grows and strengthens us definitely. so actually so talk about that because that definitely. seems to be like the definitely whole thing. definitely yeah i could told you this the sahara desert with the cancer thing that was big and mm -hmm. it really brought me closer to god and and uh knowing that he's there and that the holy spirit is just right you know every you just don't have to even blink and you're you're, you're feeling the comfort of uh, mm -hmm. their presence with you. You don't have to feel mm -hmm. anxious. So. so how do you also think that maybe the desert teaches us to love God just because he's God? It would be easy if things were everything. If I got everything I wanted, it'd be easy to think God is good. But, but when it's withheld or when that doesn't happen, I think 
I think you you either got to assess God's goodness and really take it to heart, or you run away from it. And and so I, I know a lot of people who do run away from it at that at that point. Um, but thankfully for me, it's it, do I believe God is good even in the dry land? And again, you can believe it, but then to to make it a heart, I really think it takes repentance. Mm. It, it takes confession. God, I do not believe you are good right now. Like, like I, I am struggling. And, and even if I'm not necessarily blaming you, like I do, I do push back and I'm sorry for that. Well, I think the beauty too of understanding the gospel is that, you know, God comes and steps into the, he doesn't stay aloof from it. You know, Jesus steps into the misery, into the world of that day and, and our day, and he walks through all of those hard places. He allows the people he created to lay their hands on him and to crucify him for us. Mm-hmm. It's you know, and so understanding that you know God doesn't just stand aloof from our pain; he enters into our pain where we are. I think helps us to understand in those desert places how good he actually is to us. Mm-hmm. I will say one other thing too is I think being in community and seeing hardships other people go through also is I don't want to say it's a wake up call, but it does help me at least to say, you know, I can see I can see everyone has their deserts and and life can be in and out of deserts and oases, but um, and sometimes you can be like, oh, thank God that's not my desert. <laughs> Absolutely. But, you know, there's a point where it became like, man, single's great. And I actually started to see singleness as a gift. I really have in the past couple of years. Have you ever felt that God was taking you the wrong way? It's a lot different being in that chair and answering yeah, the is. questions, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah. I don't think he ever took me the wrong way, but I never thought, I never, I would always want to go my way. I just let's just take a look. I don't here. even think you even. I didn't even listen to the directions. <laughs> I just, I just forgot about the direction. I didn't even ask for directions. I just went my way and then found out. <sighs> bad move. So I have one for this, uh, and it's called Element. <laughs> <laughs> people thought about that moving to this property that we're on right now. Mm-hmm. You know, there were people who were like, "That is not the direction God is taking us." Mm-hmm. You know, God gave us this. We're over here for this reason. I cannot believe that thing over there. There's no way that's going to be. And then now they've kind of come around and they've been like, "Yeah, I never really thought, but yeah, God took you guys there." And I, I think if we could just, I, I think it's like the hindsight being 2020, that you you mm-hmm. look back and. After you're through it, after you're through the desert, you look back to where it was and all the directions that God was taking that you just, you questioned the whole time or other people questioned or people said, this can't be the right thing for you. And then you're like, oh my goodness. Mm. And it was, look what God just did. It was amazing. So for me, the closest to my heart is, uh, I have two nieces and a nephew. There there are certain things I wanted for them. Mm. And when that didn't happen, it was like, it hurt. I mean, it hurt them. It hurt me. Like, it hurt the whole family. I and I think I, I can look at who they are now and 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 see good that God has done. But uh, yeah, like you know, and that that story's not done yet. So I don't know. I don't know. I don't know where it goes. But but learning to trust God in it, which was a part of the the message. Like, do I trust and have faith despite? You know, that's another thing that patience has taught me to be like, yeah, I'm going to because I can't do it on my own. I can't bring about change that I want to see. And I can I can pray about it or 
uh, and I can wait for him to work. And on that, I think that's a great thing to understand that in one sense, our story, it, it isn't fully written for the rest of our lives. Well, it is and it isn't. I mean, we know that we are gods and where we're going, but, but we don't. And so there's always our tomorrows to step into, but we step into those with Christ himself. So next week, we will start the journey through the book of Job. We hope that you join us for that. You get your booklets and we'll head through. Start thinking about what you want to give up that will help remind you of who God is as you crave that thing. Cookies. Like that. All right. See you next week. marriage is hard and I know you know because I'm like dual minded like I want it but I also know like I don't want it anymore so um, so, so for me those are I've the, seen too many of these marriages I do I do sorry you guys are crazy